It's in these moments of conversation that we learn the most about each other. Thanks for tuning in to the Noteworthy Podcast. It's going to be an awesome episode. Buckle up. Let's go. is a lot like tennis because the success that you will achieve in ministry will be all based on how you serve. It's all in the serve. And we're going to talk about it today. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I'm so excited that you're here. We've got a great show for you today. And my friend, my mentor, uh, somebody I'm honored to serve alongside on the Georgia District Youth Ministries team is our one and only youth president for the Georgia District, Brother Michael Patterson. Wow, guys, today's episode is packed with 15 years of wisdom pertaining to ministry. And I feel like all of you listening can learn a lot today. Now, there's a big focus today on youth ministry because we just came off of our uh Georgia District Youth Ministries winter planning session. Sorry, that was a lot to get out there. And um, so we were planning. There was a lot about youth ministry. It's going to be a great year. Um, Students, get ready. It's going to be an amazing year. Um, And so we do talk a lot about youth ministry, but if you're listening and you're not a youth pastor and maybe you're thinking in the far back of your mind, well, this episode doesn't apply to me today, you would be wrong, and you should definitely keep listening, because every single word of wisdom that Brother Patterson shares with us today in this conversation can be applied to any aspect of ministry that you serve in. So guys, buckle up. It's going to be an amazing ride. Brother Patterson, the Georgia District Youth President, is about to speak some wisdom into your life. I love him. I'm thankful for his ministry. I'm thankful for the entire team, him and Brother Joel Johns and Brother DJ Hill, uh, and just so many great committee members. I'm so honored to serve with them, and I'm excited this episode worked out today. Guys, have a great drive to work today, and get ready for some wisdom to be dropped into your heart. I love you guys. So I am here with Michael Patterson, my dear friend and the UPCI District Youth President for the greatest state on the planet, the state of Georgia. Michael, thanks so much for being on the show today. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to uh, have the opportunity to be here with you. Man, I'm, I'm excited. And uh, tonight we've actually got our youth planning session, so we're here at the Comfort Suites conference room, gearing up for uh, a great night of meetings and planning. Uh, And so for today's show, I want to focus on youth ministry, of course, uh, because I feel like I've got a well of knowledge here with me on this subject, and I feel like this episode is going to be really cool for a lot of people. And I know that we have a lot of 
um, youth pastors and, and ministers that listen to this. Uh, and I feel like our audience could learn so much from you today. Um, but you've been serving in leadership and youth ministry for a long time now. And uh, goodness, I'm, I'm still considered the new guy to Georgia, and I'm in my eighth year here. Um, but the second I got here, one of the first people I met was you. Yes. And we won't talk about our golf game today. <laughs> I remember that time we're, very vividly. We're, we're not going to talk about the golf game because we don't have enough time, unfortunately. Yes. But um, how did this journey start for you? I know you're serving as youth president now, but let's go back a little bit. And where did this all begin for you? Sure. So um, it began... Whenever I uh, started serving in ministry at my local church where my grandfather pastored, he actually started the church in Conyers in 1981. Of course, I didn't come along until 1985. And um, then after that, I just, I was, you know, born in it, raised in it. I didn't really know anything else other than ministry. And um, I had some years, of course, that. Uh, I couldn't really make up my mind what was happening in my life. Right. Uh, you know, family situations, uh, sure. you know, different things like that kind of, uh, I don't know, I was, I was kind of lost. But eventually I, um, I came to my senses and uh, I mm-hmm. answered the call of God on my life. And uh, since the time that I answer the call of God on my life, it seems like God has had me on the fast track of life and in ministry as sure. well. Yeah. Um, it's been, I've been very young um, in doing a lot of things that I uh, have done over the past several years. And so um, I became a, a youth pastor around uh, the age of 18 years old. Wow. And I served for at least uh, three years or so as the youth pastor. And... Um, it was some of the best years of my life, even though um, a few years before then I was serving on the youth staff team, uh, whether they would consider it official or unofficial, I was serving. And uh, I just wanted to be involved. Uh, I started yeah. out playing the drums, I was a musician there, and uh, I enjoyed doing that. But I would do anything else that I had the opportunity to do. And so um, by just taking advantage of those opportunities and having um, people in my life that believed in me and given me opportunities, I uh, began uh, growing in the Lord and maturing in in the Lord. And um, I served as a co-youth pastor with uh, my, who is now our administrative pastor, uh, Brother Ashley Neal. And uh, then from there, he became a pastoral assistant. I became the youth pastor and served for a few years until I transitioned into uh, an associate pastor role. And then uh, five years after that, um, whenever I was 26 years old, um, I became the senior pastor of Faith Tabernacle wow. UPC. And wow. so I was 18, being youth pastor, 21, an associate pastor, 26, senior pastor, and uh, we just uh, finished celebrating our seventh year pastoral anniversary. That is amazing. Wow. And I, uh, I started serving in the district youth ministry, though, um, whenever I was about 20 years old, I guess, and I uh, became the Section 5 Youth Director, uh, which you serve as now. Yes. And um, then a year after that, I became the Youth Secretary uh, 
interesting story about the, that, though. Um, okay. I was 21 years old. I was not supposed to become the next youth secretary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I was... But God. Yes, Ooh. yes, but God. I was too young, really, and not by policy, but just, you know, I, I was getting into the ministry. I had, had my local license. Right. And um, some guys, when they get their local license, and some men and women, uh, when they get their license, their local license, they keep it for however long. Until so you didn't have need. a general anointing yet? Just not a, yet. Just a local anointing. But I... I didn't stop at just local. Every right. two years, every time I had the opportunity to upgrade, I did. Right. And so cool. I had local, and then two years later, general, and then two years later, ordination. And so I just wanted to go as far as I could, as quickly as I could. That's awesome. And I would have done it quicker if they didn't have a two-year uh, time frame where you had to uh, work and improve your ministry. But uh, anyways, I wasn't really supposed to be the youth secretary. Um, in fact... I uh, had a, a minister talk to me and, and say, you know, Michael, we see greatness in you and we want you to serve, but um, we feel like you need a few more years to grow, still serve on the youth committee. And uh, then uh, the person that was, you know, the idea, the ideal person to uh, serve as the youth secretary ended up at that day when they asked everyone to stand up who was eligible for the position uh, I was sitting on the same row as him, and I stood up, and he didn't. Oh, wow. And it was at that moment I was like, oh, man, what are you doing? Well, What's happening here? Yeah. And so um, it just, the uh, Lord worked it all out, and I became uh, youth secretary under the uh, direction and uh, president, David Jury. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jury, yeah. I'm thankful for the six years that I got to serve with him uh, he taught me a lot. He is a CPA. He's, He's a number machine. Number machine, yes. Absolutely. A financial guru. And I did not, or at least I don't feel like I made a good secretary for a CPA. <laughs> it's just here I am with just a high school degree mm-hmm. or a diploma, and uh, I'm stepping into shoes to do the financial work for uh, a CPA. That, that seems very overwhelming if it if it were <laughs> yes. me in those shoes i think i would feel insanely overwhelmed with that how did you yes. handle that um i i was honest mm-hmm. and i just you know in lack of better terms i bowed at his feet and says teach me master you yeah. know? <laughs> teach me. i just uh, i i told him i said i just want to learn i don't know um a lot right now especially when it comes to operating uh excel and uh, all of these, you know, uh, Quicken and all these financial things. I didn't know much about financial reporting. Uh, anything that I had done was very simple. And so he taught me. And um, that's one of the things that I, um, I am thankful that he didn't make me feel uh, stupid or, that's good. you know, insignificant or whatever. He just, I could tell when I was making him a little frustrated, yeah. but he never one time was like, I'll oh, just give it to me. Let me do it. He always walked me through the process, sure. you know, step one, step two, step three. And uh, he taught me a lot. And for that, I've been able to apply a lot of things that he's taught me over the years, uh, even in pastoral ministry. And it's been very, very helpful. So six years with him was amazing. And then I just finished up six years of serving as youth president. Wow. Uh, I was voted back in just last mm-hmm. week yeah. for another term. And um, I have made it known 
that this will be my uh, last term, my final term. I will not allow my name to run again. Man, (laughs) goodness. That makes me a little emotional, actually. It does, because I know it sounds like I'm kidding, but it really does, because, you know, six years. Mm -hmm. And, but... I was so new to the district six years ago. I had only been here a little over a year. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, it feels like you've been the youth president ever since I got <laughs> Forever. here. Forever. Like, I mean, like, because, <laughs> yes. I mean, I was here, right. but I wasn't in that first year. Uh, I was transitioning. I was right. getting plugged in at my church. Mm-hmm. Of course, we'd go to camp and, yeah. and certain things, but I wasn't near as plugged in as I am now. I didn't know everyone yet. Uh, goodness, I hadn't even met my wife yet. Right, right. And so, <laughs> praise God. But <laughs> so that's that's a very emotional and, and amazing thing. But I'm sure that everything that you learned as secretary um, made you an even better youth president and prepared yes. you for, for what was to come. Absolutely. So life can be deceiving sometimes because in the right scenario being a youth pastor or a youth minister youth president sectional director insert your name here um, it can look very glamorous when you're preaching at youth camps uh, up in front of people uh, especially in the summertime that's like you know youth ministry glamour so you could say but so I've just been a youth pastor for for five years, and in that short amount of time, I've learned that youth ministry can be extremely humbling, and not for the faint of heart, right. definitely. Right. And so, give us some wisdom on how youth pastors deal with those hard moments that no one else seems, because. Pulpit time seems to be less than 10% of, of a youth pastor's job. It's, I mean, we spend a lot of time in, right. in, our, in our youth class and yeah. teaching, and, and I hope if you're a youth pastor you're, or a youth minister, a youth worker of any kind, I hope you're teaching Bible studies and yes. doing all that. But there's so much behind the scenes, and there can be hurt, there can be struggles that people don't see. How do you deal with those moments that nobody sees when you're not at youth camp and you're not up in front of everybody? How do you handle that? Sure. Well, what you said is is very, very true, Um, and I have experienced it for many years now. Um, I'm 33 years old, and uh, I've experienced a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, But through it all, of course, God has been faithful. And um, whenever I'm teaching uh, leadership, one of the principles that I teach, I actually stole it from the uh, Fox 5 News motto okay. or saying, mm-hmm. um, dedicated, determined, dependable. I like that. And and I stole that even though that was a from a news uh, company there. I, I took it and applied it to my life. You've got to be dedicated, determined, and dependable. That's good. Understanding that uh, the confidence... Uh, that you need to have in your calling from God. And for you to develop that confidence in your calling, there needs to be two things. Your calling has to be of God. Mm-hmm. And number two, it has to be recognized by the church. Mm, that's good. Because there's not a calling of God into the ministry that does not involve serving others, mm, serving good. people. Right. And so... You're not going to be called to ministry 
but not serve people. Mm, You're right. going to serve people. And so that's one of the ways you uh, test your calling and is if you are willing to serve, if you're dedicated to serving people. Yeah. One of my life mottos has uh, been adopted from my grandfather, and that is to be a servant of God and a servant to man. And mm. that's what I want to do. I want to be a servant of God and a servant to others. That's great. I love that. And if we can uh, have the mindset of a servant um, and expect to serve, not expect to be served, but expect to serve, sure. then uh, our expectation will help mold our, our perception and the way we look at things. And if we expect to serve, then we go in to a room saying, there you are, not here I am. Wow. And so when you, you go into a place and you look to serve other people, then uh, that's what your focus is all about, then you're wanting to meet the needs of others and help others. But as you pour out, God and His grace and His mercy pours into you. Mm. And there's been a saying that um, you can't, pour out of an empty vessel. Right. And that's true. I understand that. But at the same time, you can't be poured into unless you are constantly oh. being pouring mm. out. Yeah. And so it takes both. You've got to pour out so the Lord can pour into you. And that's you amazing. need to yeah. take time to uh, have others pour into your life. And yeah. even if it's people uh, that are your same age, or that uh, that are peers or colleagues of yours, or especially our elders, let them let whosoever will will pour into your life. And even though there are going to be hurt, there's going to be time of disappointment. There's going to be time of difficulty. If you're dedicated to the cause and to the mission of of making disciples and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you're not going to allow anything to uh, push you or or um, detour you from from that that calling, that determination, so uh, and that dedication. So be dedicated, determined to do it. And you know, whenever I was youth pastor, I um, I met a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them were self inflicted. <laughs> yeah, um, we can do that, Doris. Yes, we can. Mm -hmm. uh, I dealt with a lot of difficult parents, mm -hmm. but I was determined. Uh, to to do something for God. And one of the greatest things I ever did was understand and, and act upon uh, the, the relationship building with the parents right. of my young people because I knew if I That's could good have a good relationship right yeah. yes, with the parents, then even if their kids didn't want to come to youth service, they, their parents would make them come yeah. to the service. <laughs> Bring that attendance up. You know? <laughs> That's exactly right. And yeah. then I would have the opportunity to serve the students as well. But I also learned that one of the best ways I could build a relationship with the parent was to serve their kid mm. and to uh, do right by their children and right. to help them. And, and, and it, I would have to go out of my way. Uh, to pick them up sure. for youth services uh, and drop them off, pay for their meals, you know, all of that stuff. And that's where the dependable comes in. You got to be dedicated, determined, and dependable. They need, people need to know that they can count on you. Mm -hmm. And if you let them down one time, okay, 
two times, you're pushing it. now. And then if you go three, four, five times, then you are no longer dependable. Yeah. And so you, you've got to uh, be accountable. You've got to be dependable. And um, to get through the hurt, through, to get through the pain, uh, you've got to be open and honest with God and with yourself and with your pastor as well. Um, uh, there were many times, of course, my pastor was my grandfather, and so I had the best of both worlds there. I had my grandfather and I had my pastor, but there were some times I would just have to tell him, you know, Poppy, I, I, need, I need you as a pastor right now, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm dealing with this, and so, and he would always give me guidance and wisdom, and he wouldn't always tell me what to do, but after talking to him, I felt better. And it molded my decisions about what I was going to do. And so there are times, of course, you know, your normal things. You need to take vacations. You need to take time with your spouse. You need to, uh, you know, take some time of rest or whatever. But understand, too, that uh, if you're the youth pastor, you're not the senior pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you're not going to have the same uh, burden and the weight of the entire church on your shoulders like the senior pastor does. Uh, and so he, there's going to be probably what some would consider more perks, mm-hmm. privileges, but there's also a larger burden yeah. as well on a senior pastor. I've experienced both now. Sure. Yeah. And at times I was thinking, you know, I wish I had uh, some more time to rest or recover or take a vacation or whatever, but I had to realize, you know what, I'm in my youth. I'm young enough right now to where... Uh, I can rest later. Sure. Uh, I need to just go go in as hard as I can and work diligently and and serve uh, until I just uh, I'm out. You know, it's just I'm. Uh, I, that's one of the things that I struggle with now is that uh, I see so many, whether it be student pastors, youth pastors, youth workers, uh, whatnot. Uh, I see a lot of burnout. I see a lot of people feeling like they uh, just can't do it. And my my advice to them is to work through it. Push yourself through it. The uh, Bible says, I press towards the mark for mm-hmm. the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so we've got to press. We've got to push ourselves to the limit. But we also have to understand that that we are still human. We only have so much to give, and uh, whenever I would push myself, I would find find I would actually push my team Mm -hmm. as well. And I had to realize, you know what? They're not me. Mm -hmm. And just because I push myself doesn't mean I need to push everybody else. You know, I don't want to be like a bulldozer, and the bulldozer will get the job done. But it will run over everything in its path, and it will just flatten everything out. Sure. And I don't want to be a bulldozer. I want to be a servant. I want to be someone that helps others succeed. Right. And if 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 I help others go up and succeed, then I'm right there with them. I you know God lifts me Amen. up as I lift others up. Right. I think it's. Uh... Brother Huntley that says ministry is a lot like tennis, yeah. Because it's your success is dependent on your serve, yeah, and how you, how you're going to serve people. I love that. And um, I think a big part, uh, and something I've learned in the last year, 
has been that you can't do everything by yourself. And one thing that I did last year is I assembled a youth team that serves under me as I serve under my pastor. Mm -hmm. And in our leadership meeting, I was very clear that you serve under your youth pastor as I serve under him. So everything that we do is under the umbrella of our pastor. Right. The anointing flows down. That's and so right. if, we, if we don't stay under that accountability, that can hurt us. And I think that when you assemble a team, uh, it can be life-changing as long as you stay in that flow, that biblical accountability. That's very true. The team work there, I, whenever I became a youth pastor, I developed a team immediately. I had a secretary, I had a music director, I had a, a media and sound guy, I had an outreach director, and then I had uh, two creative team members. Wow. And so there were like seven or eight people, including myself, on the team. And uh, it was very good. But one thing that I've learned uh, even now as a senior pastor and having a church staff um, is that it's different than working in the district. The district, you have uh, committee members, sectional youth directors that are appointed uh, yeah. by, by their section and uh, you have an approval process for the ministry directors through the district board and all of this stuff. And so you work with the people that are appointed to serve that team. You work with them. But one thing I found out about my local youth ministry team and staff is that um, you create your own problems mm. because you're selecting the team. And so one of the things my grandfather told me whenever I, I came to him, I said, I said, I said, Bishop, I am having a, a difficult time with this, this, and this. And he said, well, son, don't forget you created that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I had to... Take a second and think, well, yeah, you're right. I created that, and now I'm going to fix that. Yeah. And and it, fixing it is not always taking someone out. It's because sometimes they don't need to be taken out. They just need uh, you to pour into them and to help them learn and, uh, and teach them. And because if you're not go- doing a good job at teaching, then they're not going to be able to learn well. And uh, it's up to the leader to teach and create the team and build the culture of how they want the team to work. When I first became a youth pastor, I was asking for everybody's opinion. I soon realized I didn't want everybody's opinion. (laughs) You learn who to ask and who not to ask. That's exactly right. So I would come in with a plan and say, okay, help me work this plan. And if there were some areas where I just did not know and I uh, needed some answers, then I would say, okay, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. But I soon realized if, you know, if, if you're the leader and, and uh, y- you create the culture of that team and uh, the teamwork there. Right. And to everyone listening right now, please understand that if you don't serve in any kind of youth ministry, these are principles that apply to, yes. oh my goodness, almost any type of ministry that you serve in. Absolutely. Uh, as I listen, I think, wow, I think that could apply to any person's <laughs> yes. life. It could. But um, in any ministry that you serve in, there's going to be moments where it feels absolutely thankless. Like just, yeah. you know, I'm going through this. I'm uh, Most youth pastors are bivocational. They're trying to work. Sometimes they're in school, they have a family, and they're trying to juggle everything and take time for these kids. 
And I know, at least for me, I've been there where I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a music minister, I'm a youth pastor, I'm a committee member, I'm, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. Right. And I'm thinking, how am I going to make time to be dependable yeah. for my youth group? Because I need to be dependable for my family. Absolutely. And and I think anybody can relate to that. But yes, maybe 90% of the time you're going to feel that way. But then there's that moment where you go, it's all worth it. Yeah. I've I've paid for many students dinners yes. that didn't bring cash yeah. that weren't mature enough to know how to say thank you. Right. Been there many 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 times, but then on the other end of that spectrum you're in the altar at camp. That's right. And uh, I had an experience uh, just in the last year with one of my students that he wanted the Holy Ghost, and I went up to him and I said, "Let's, let's go to the altar. I believe you could get the Holy Ghost tonight." And I felt in my spirit the devil saying, "Don't you know? Don't do that. You're going to make him uncomfortable. You're going to embarrass him." And I went and I pulled him up, and I couldn't tell with his personality if he wanted me to do that. And he didn't get the Holy Ghost that night. He got it the next night at camp, and he came up to me that night and he hugged my neck and he said, "Thank you so much." for making me go to the altar. Wow. And I don't know if I had ever been told that before. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for making me go yeah, to yeah. the altar. And I never forgot that. And those are the moments where you look back and you go, maybe just somehow in the Somewhere. chaos of my life, That's right. maybe somehow I'm doing something right and yeah. God is helping me. So we serve on we've served in, in youth ministry together on the committee and so we've been through some things together but and and so some of these questions you can be as vulnerable or or as you want to be if not it just depends on the person I'm interviewing but what is your best uh, ministry moment like that where it's like this is all worth it sure and and what is some of the tougher times where you felt like I don't you know I'm gonna have to pray that God's gonna help me keep doing this yeah so um, there have been many moments mm-hmm. in my service of, in youth ministry um, over the years that um, I have felt successful mm-hmm. and like, this is great. Mm-hmm. But it seems like every time I, I feel like this is great, I also have this overwhelming feeling of, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> In fact, just the other week, we were having a tremendous service uh, at our home church, and uh, I had I'd preached a, a message, part of our vision casting series, and uh, the Lord just moved mightily uh, in the altar call, and people were worshiping and praying, and there were several receiving the Holy Ghost, um, and we had some healings, just all kinds of stuff, and I was just... I went over to the front row where my grandmother was sitting, Mother Patterson, and um, I just put my arm around her and I said, Nana, I said, we don't deserve this. Mm. We don't deserve this. And for every moment of success, I've, I've found that if we try to take the credit for it being successful, right. then we will take all of the blame when it's not successful. Oh, wow. And uh, That's a good thought. we want to make sure that, that all glory goes to God, of course. Mm-hmm. 
but even in the times where we feel like it's not as successful as we wanted it to be, that God still works Mm -hmm. and grace still falls and mercy uh, is everlasting. And it's one of those things where I've, I felt like I have just really bombed it this time. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, (laughs) yes, we have all been there. Sure. And, uh, later on I would find out that somebody was touched mm-hmm. just even if it was one person God moved in their life yeah and I was like okay God you're teaching me a lesson I, yeah. I see it um, there have been times so some of my failure times I have um, I've been I've not been as prepared as I should have been and uh, I ultimately failed or at least I felt like I failed I didn't have my act together and uh, that was my fault I just for some reason I got so busy uh, with the business or with doing whatever else uh, of the ministry that when it came my time to get up and say something I was like clueless and I just I did as much as I could but what I found to help with that is that if you will have a consistent prayer life, uh, Bible study, reading, things like that, uh, then at those times when they do come, if, if if I pray that everybody plans and prepares, but if those times do come where planning just didn't work or uh, you ran out of time to put uh, every uh, cross every T and dot every I then God can use you and you can just operate out of the overflow. Sure. And But there has to be enough in the tank to overflow yeah. for you to operate <laughs> out of the overflow. Yes. So um, make sure that, that you're always uh, praying and, and studying and uh, reading books. I, I truly believe that leaders are readers mm-hmm. and so I've read uh, I've read tons of books uh, but I'm not a reader like uh, Bishop Bernard is mm-hmm. um, he reads I don't know a hundred plus some odd books a year yeah and uh, I just I can't do that but yeah I can't either I, I try <laughs> yes my father could read three books a day I, I mean, believe it I it's insane I have to make myself do that yeah the older I get the more I enjoy it yes of um and and I have become a little bit more I wouldn't call myself a bookworm by yeah. any any yeah. means but um it is true that whatever you're in when you begin to read about it and you take it in mm-hmm. you can kind of take then the trick is what are you reading yeah. and how do you filter out the good and the bad, yeah. especially when it comes to doctrine and Absolutely. things of that nature. There's a Absolutely. lot of great books, but there's a lot of great apostolic writers now. There are. And so I try to—I have a goal for uh, 12 books a year, mm, one good. book a month, one a month. and uh, I feel like I can do that. That's I did it doable. last year, so I can do it again this year, I believe. And uh, I've already read uh, two books in the month of January. So not having the expectations so high— where I feel like I can't meet them, mm-hmm. I set them at a reasonable level so that I can meet it and then exceed it as wow. well. And yeah. so, but going back to some of the the failures and successes, um, there have been a lot of times uh, during camps or uh, youth events or youth services or whatever that 
uh, you know, you fumble up on your words or uh, you trip uh, going up the stairs, uh, you know, or um, you, you make jokes that did not register through your mind before they came out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all remember one year that I did that. And uh, <laughs> we'll never forget that. And uh, we oh. that will remain... Um, you heard it here on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> sealed in a a, a tight That's box amazing. somewhere. But um, mm-hmm. we got we got through it. It mm-hmm. and of course the intent, of course, was very pure. Everything was fun, but we do have to be very careful, and uh, so we yeah. we just have to watch ourselves. And then um, there are plenty of times that I've been involved in, you know, just. Uh, crazy activities with other people at the campgrounds, um, but most of them, all in all, uh, none of them were ever ethical or moral uh, ministry failures or anything like that. It's just uh, you're having fun and having a good time, and I'm thankful for for that. Um, and I'm also thankful that God protects us mm-hmm. as well, because if we're not careful, we could fall into major. Uh, areas of failure and uh, we have to be on guard and then our success as well though one of the greatest uh, things I count as success is is me having the ability to give others the opportunity to succeed and if I can give somebody else the opportunity if they do good leading worship if they do good playing an instrument, if they do great preaching, if they do great, um, um, you know, helping at registration or serving in the lunch line or being a dorm uh, parent or working our uh, sports or anything like that, if they are successful, I feel successful. Sure, yeah. And that's one of the things I want to do, especially over the next two years, is. Uh, I understand that the responsibility is still here, but I want to push others higher than me. I want to help them. I want to give them opportunities that I wish I had. I remember the time very vividly whenever I was walking up from the cafeteria as a camper. I was a senior camper at the time. And I looked up towards the tabernacle, and walking up towards the tabernacle was... uh, uh, the youth president and youth secretary. It was Trey Davis and David Jury. Mm-hmm. And when I looked up there, I saw them. I said, man, I want to be like that one day. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the Lord you know, saw fit to use me there. And um, it wasn't one of those things where I I did A, B, C, and D to get here. It was serve, serve, and serve. And you know what? You make a mistake. I learned this uh, from others before. You, know, you mess up, fess up, make it right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I try to do. If yeah. I mess up, I fess up, and I make it right to the very best of my ability. And um, so, yeah, I, I feel like every one of us are going to have those moments of failure. Hell yeah. um, and we have to be honest with God mm-hmm. and with ourselves and say, you know what, you really messed up here. You shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't have done that. Hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. But as you move through, uh, God helps you, and uh, you don't get too down about it. Yeah. Uh, and you just keep, keep on moving on. Yeah. Uh, and now those campers are looking at you, 
saying, yeah, I want to be like that. And, and what a great example for them. Uh, another big part of, of youth ministry that uh, sectional directors or youth pastors or any type of ministry doesn't always sign up for or realize they're signing up for is fundraising. Oh, it's yes. a huge part of, of ministry. Um, do you remember Pi the Guys? Do you oh, remember? <laughs> I remember Pi the Guys. And so, and so um, let's talk about that for a second. Michael, maybe just be still a little better to this day yes. about a little fundraiser that I thought up yes, you did. in my brilliant mind <laughs> called Pi the Guys. And, uh, Michael, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about Pie the Guys at Extreme Weekend yes. in 2014? 2014. I, mm. I, I remember this very well because the one, Nathan French, <laughs> that came up with the idea and the entire, got the entire committee to buy into it uh, was after we said, yeah, let's do this, he said, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> I said, well, do tell. <laughs> yes, about that. Uh, but I had a good excuse. It was my honeymoon. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we were literally, extreme was like the week of our wedding. So yes. yes, there were, how many pies did y'all end up? So if you're a youth pastor, you've probably been pied in the face at some point in your ministry. But how many pies did we have, did y'all have to make up that year to get pied in the face? Yeah, you know, I don't remember. I I want to say it was close to a hundred pies or something oh, like that. There goodness. there was multiple tables lined up with these pies down by the pavilion, and uh, we just we took mm-hmm. it. And if we raised a certain amount for Sheaves yes. for Christ, we were going to be pied in the face as a youth committee, right? The level, uh, yes, yes, we were, and we we reached that level. It was it was great, um, a record year. I believe for SFC, and um, it, it happened. But even beyond that, what was even better is that I was at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we didn't let you get by yeah, with I, not mm-hmm. having a pie in the face. I remember very vividly that, that <laughs> you that. should, you and and your wife should, and the entire wedding party and uh, family. That was and amazing. Yeah. So for you guys listening, Michael showed up with a pie. At my way, <laughs> and he made sure that that some pie got on the the bride and groom there that day. It wasn't supposed to be everywhere. Yeah. It f- kind of went nuts there for a second. It did, and it it wasn't the intention. Of course, was very pure. All I really wanted to do was get a picture with you and Rachel mm-hmm. uh, because y'all had missed it, and that was about it. Sure. But then all of a sudden, I think the first one to come around was your brother, um, maybe Jonathan. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, we got pies here. Somebody's getting pie. <laughs> you know, and so it happened. And, um, yeah, that was a crazy moment. I Okay, so that was one of the moments that I was like, you know what? Maybe I really <laughs> should not have done this. Yeah, that was one of the, the – no, that was a good moment, though. That was – Okay, so it became a good moment. Now that we're talking about it, you Looking know, five back, years yes. later. <laughs> but at the, at the moment, I was unsure if um, I should have done that or not. <laughs> yeah. No, that was amazing. And so I just feel so glad 
that I could do that for the committee. That, you know, here I was kind of fresh on the committee. Yes. I felt really good about that. And and things have gotten a little more extreme since then. Very. Uh, me as a person who is very afraid of heights, uh, went skydiving with the youth committee. Yes. If, how much did we have to raise? And we said we would jump out of a plane. $225,000 that year we raised. And we did it yes. for Sheaves for Christ. Yes. And we jumped out of a plane. We did. Uh, Michael Ellerby had to come down on a garbage bag yeah. because his parachute didn't open. He came down in this yes. little black garbage bag yes. that saved his life. But I, I, I know we don't have a lot of more time here, so I'm gonna. Uh, there's a couple things that I wanted to, sure. to catch you with before you have to go. Okay. Um, I was gonna ask you. Would you rather be chased by a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? But we're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have to skip that question right. and leave it as a mystery. I'll but think about that. What's your uh, What's your most powerful worship experience? Most powerful worship experience uh, has to be at my home church with uh, the people that I minister to on a weekly basis. Wow! So I don't have just one moment always that is just or, or I don't remember just one worship experience moment that was just over the top I'll never forget it I've had many of them and so to try to point one out but I would say that the worship experience that I that means the most and that that I receive more out of than anything is my experience at home with the people I do ministry with on a day-to-day week-to-week basis um, in fact just Wednesday night, we had a tremendous move of God. Uh, I didn't even uh, have the opportunity to teach. Uh, it just turned into a prayer meeting. It was absolutely amazing there. But there were a couple of times that I do remember where God has spoken to me, and, and I remember these times just, uh, I'll never forget them. One of the times was whenever I was asked to be one of the young ministers to preach at Touch the Future at Brother wow. Varnum's church. Wow. And uh, of course, uh, uh, Brother Lee Stone King uh, preaches there, speaks mm-hmm. there almost every year. And uh, I, I got up there and I did my 10 minutes or 15 minutes of fame. And uh, it was just great. And the church, I mean, you could get up there and just recite your ABCs. And that church is just going to, you'll back you and amen you. Yeah, you know? it's a great church. Uh, it is wonderful. But uh, I remember at the altar call that night, that uh, Brother Lee Stone King came over to me and laid his hand on me and, and prayed over me. And that was a very, very powerful moment. Sure. Um, some of the things that he said to me and a lot of the things that he, he spoke into He's my amazing. life, yes, have Goodness. now come to pass. But then one of the moments that was really a life-altering uh, moment was whenever I was 21 years old, I was praying for direction of what where God was taking me in ministry. I was coming out of youth pastoring, still involved in youth ministry uh, on the district level. And, uh, but I, I remember feeling, okay, God, where, where's my next step? And me and my grandfather would have breakfast almost every morning, and we would talk. And uh, sometimes it was very quick. Sometimes it was longer. It just depended. But um, that morning we had met, and I was finally to the point to where I was like, you know what? You know, I feel called to pastoral ministry. And, and so my grandfather basically told me, he says, son, he said, you know, it's going to be a long time, long transition if you want to stay here. He said, I'm willing to work towards that, but, you know, it's going to take some time. But you could go and start a church, and I'll help you start a church, and you can be the pastor from the ground up. 
I said, well, you know, maybe that's what I'll do. And then some more conversation happened, and I was feeling like, you know what, maybe he's kind of pushing me that way. Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to go start a church uh, or leave for a little while, for a few years or whatever, and then maybe come back. And uh, maybe I could gain some more respect or uh, because of having more experience. I I don't know. I just kind of felt like I was being pushed. Mm. And uh, that's not my grandfather's style at all. But I felt that. And so it was that night, Monday night, prayer meeting, and I was pouring out my heart, and I went to one of our elders who has now gone to be with the Lord, and she prayed over me. I still didn't get my answer. I was just So I went over to the other side of the church and at, at the altar, and I kneeled down. I was praying. I was just crying out to God and praying. And, uh, and all of a sudden, my grandfather comes over to me, and he lays his hand on my back, and he kneels over into my ear, and he says, Son, you don't have to go anywhere. And it was at that moment, it wasn't just this crazy revelation, wow. you know, thus saith the Lord moment. It, But it was at that moment where my grandfather said, son, you don't have to go anywhere. It was at that moment I realized that, you know what, God is calling me right here to FTC, right to Conyers, to pastor this church. And I, I made up my mind that night that even if it took me five years, ten years, 15 or 50 years that God had called me to Conyers, Georgia to pastor Faith Tabernacle. Wow. And I made up my mind and almost five years to the day is when I became senior (laughs) pastor of that church. That's amazing. And so those were the moments that I remember uh, most and I hold very dear to my heart where God set me on the right track and gave me that comfort and that peace. And at that moment... Uh, it increased my dedication, my determination, and my dependability. Wow. And uh, I wanted to always continue to be, strive to be a servant of God and a servant to man. It's amazing. So I, I like to leave the audience with, with this question, and, and then we're going we're gonna to grab some dinner here okay. and grub it up. But um, <clears throat> what advice would you like to give this generation of students on how to keep Jesus at the center of everything they do? Sure. I would say to not be distracted by the ways of this world. Uh, don't compare yourself to others and to especially to this world mm. because we're not trying to be like the world. Sure. Uh, we're coming out from among them to be separate. And that's what I believe strongly in. Uh, obedience, um, sacrifice, uh, humbling yourself and submitting yourself to spiritual authority and oversight. There are plenty of times that I didn't like what my pastor had to say or um, I, I didn't understand it always. But I soon realized that even if I didn't understand it, I had to trust. And that's one thing that I want to leave with this generation is uh, when the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, Lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. And I truly believe that if you trust in the Lord, then he will direct you. But give everything that you have. Give of your time, your talent, your treasure. Uh, Don't hold anything back. And be determined to serve God and take all the other options off the table. This world likes to put options 
and on on your table and say, well, you could do this or you could do that or or it doesn't make sense why you have to live this way or why you're doing this or why you're doing that. But I, even in in whenever I'm counseling people, uh, I have to tell them at times, okay, what do you want to do? Here's what you want to do. We want to serve God. We want to do this. Now let's take other, all the other options off the table. Mm. And let's focus on the thing that we know we are supposed to be doing and follow the Lord in righteousness, holiness, and with peace. And uh, understand that God has great things in store for your life and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you until the very end. And trust the Lord. Trust the people that God has placed in your life. Uh, trust your pastor. Submit to your pastor and to the leadership that's in your life. And uh, go out there and give it everything that you have. And if it doesn't work, don't give up the first time. You know, the old saying is that uh, uh, winners never quit and quitters never win. Mm. <laughs> and so we have to remember that there should be no give up in us. Right. We, we can't give up. We just got to keep on, press on, move forward, and, uh, and trust the Lord. Right. Giving up is never an option. That's right. Never so, an option. Man, I love you. I'm excited about the next two years to serve with you. Amen. And it's going to be amazing. Thanks so much for yes, being sir. on the show. Thank you. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys. That was it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It means the world that you're here. And I'm so glad we got to spend some time together today. Uh, just a couple resources for you. Uh, UPCIYouth.com is the official website for the United Pentecostal Church uh, International uh, Youth website. There's some great resources on there for you. That could be helpful to your ministry. Also, if you go to georgiayouth.org, that is the Georgia District Youth Department website, and there are some great resources on there. If you're wanting to start a P7 club or a campus ministry, um, we've done a whole episode about campus ministry as well on this show. And I hope that when you listen, uh, I hope you feel like I did today. Maybe you left this conversation feeling just a little bit different, just a little bit more encouraged, a little bit more optimistic about the future and what God wants to do in your life. Um, once again, you can email me at nathanandrachelmusic at gmail.com if you have any questions or if I can send you any other free resources to help your ministry. I would be more than happy to do so. Episode 10, down can't believe it. It's gone so fast. Time flies when you're having fun with your friends. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about getting with people that I admire and letting them invest into me. And hopefully they invest into you too while you listen. But guys, if anybody's being blessed by this podcast, it's this guy sitting behind the microphone right now. I think I am the most blessed person on this show to get to learn from these great people. Michael Patterson, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for your leadership. I'm excited about the next two years. 
exciting stuff coming up with Nathan and Rachel. Music coming very soon. A new single. I can't wait to tell you about it. Uh, you can go follow us on Nathan and Rachel Music at Instagram and also on Facebook. We'll keep you updated. A lot of travel and different things coming up. And I'm excited to be a part of what God is doing. I love you guys. Have a great day. Calm down. Stay encouraged. You're going to be fine. Have a blessed day in Jesus' name. I love you guys.